2: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus.
1: Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I'm just grateful for all of you that are listening today. We're glad that you're joining us, and I know that we have people from around the world that are listeners, and we're just so glad that you're uh, here with us. Today's topic is making conscious contact and how powerful that is. And my guest is Charles G. And he'll be talking with us today about the power of prayer and why that's so important in his life and in his recovery. So we are uh, glad that you contact us on Facebook and uh, let us know how you're enjoying the program. And thanks for friending uh, the Spirit of Recovery. And thanks for listening to our archived programs We love broadcasting on the topic of recovery on Unity Online Radio, and we love hearing from you as our listeners, and we're glad to know that what we're doing is making a difference in your life. Every week, we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community, and we always have guests who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable, and who are innovative, people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, or people that bring spiritual insights to the recovery journey. We always bring you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. Here at the Spirit of Recovery, we are a welcoming place. Recovery is a large tent, so there's lots of room. If you're in recovery from any kind of addiction or if you're a family member in your own recovery as a family member or you're a friend of someone who's in recovery or somebody that has the disease of addiction, or whether you're just somebody that's curious about recovery and you're looking for information, we are happy for you to join us here as a listener and to participate in our discussions. You're welcome here. And again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and trained in addictions counseling, and also I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And almost 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. And ever since that time, my recovery walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles, and that's a walk that keeps transforming my life. So I'm really delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery on every show we do have a drawing and we give away a recovery book these books are donated to us by the nonprofit Hazelden Foundation and that's h a z e l d e n .org and today's book that Hazelden has donated to us is called Addictive Thinking Understanding Self Sabotage and that's by Abraham Tversky who's a longtime recovery author and so today at any time during the show you can call in or you can email us and get your name in uh, for the drawing. And in the second and third segments of our show, we want you to call in with your comments or questions, and also we'll put your name in for the book. The number you can call is 888-558-6489, or you can email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm, and we will get that during the show. So um, call in or... Email us and get your name in for the drawing and also in the second and third segments. If you've got questions or comments from my guest uh, Charles today, we'd be loving to hear from you. So, as I said, today we're talking about the topic of conscious contact, the power of that conscious contact, the power of prayer. And my guest is Charles G. Charles has just celebrated his third anniversary in recovery And he's a person who is very committed to his relationship with his higher power, and his higher power is Christ. And he calls himself a Christ follower, and he'll be talking with us today about what that means to him and his involvement um, with his spiritual community where he is in service uh, in his church in lots of different capacities. Charles is also uh, in service in his community. He leads the Boy Scouts. Um, He's a person that likes to have adventures, and he's a, a teacher and active in many ways in the community and in the church and in the recovery program. He's also a father, and that's a very important part of his life. And Charles loves to pray. He's got a deep prayer life, and it means a lot to his life and to his recovery. So, Charles, welcome to the show today. Hello, Ann. Hi. We're glad that you're here. So I'm thank you for joining here. us. And uh, today we're going to, it's really the 11th step, you know, um, that improving our conscious contact with the higher power. So um, tell us a little bit about what your relationship was with your higher power before you got in recovery.
3: Well, I believed in in uh, in God. I never didn't believe that there wasn't a God, but... I kind of uh, custom-tailored it to fit my needs. So the, really the only time I ever really talked to God or tried to have a relationship with Him was when I was in trouble.
1: <clears throat> so it's sort of like that one of those, if you'll do this for me, I'll promise I'll never do this again?
3: Yeah, exactly. I can't tell you how many times I did that. <laughs>
1: uh-huh, uh-huh. So um, how did that work? Did it? Did you feel like you got your... Prayers answered or not, or what happened with that?
3: Well, at the time, I didn't really understand that, you know, I, I have my prayers and I can ask for the things that I that I want, but uh, at the time, I was so ignorant about, you know, leading my life to glorify God, not doing good things and expecting good things to come my way. Mm-hmm. And so when I did uh, get into recovery myself, even prior to that, a lot of things started changing. I started realizing um, that I was just so ignorant of of what what God's expectations were and what my expectations were uh, from God. So I I was in I wasn't in the know then. <laughs> Not until after I got into recovery.
1: Right. What propelled you uh, into recovery?
3: Well, I'd, I'd quit drinking in the past for a year at a time just out of sheer willpower, just to kind of prove to myself that I didn't have a problem with alcohol. So. Uh, Two year two uh, several years ago, I quit for a year and didn't drink at all, not a sip and you know I didn't cheat, but I wasn't in any kind of a program and after that year was up, I continued on you know my merry way with drinking again and then I did that again a few years later and I was like that was kind of me trying to prove to myself that you know I can quit any time and uh, and at the same time, I wasn't working any kind of a program and what propelled me, was, you know, I had a, uh, a, I had a family. I had two kids. Um, I quit when my son was a month old and I had a year-and-a-half-year-old daughter um, to, to consider. And I was married for the first time. I got married when I was 37. And prior to that, I didn't have any commitments. I didn't have a family. I had no prior uh, marriages or children or, or anything like that. So my life up to that point was it was all about me and and uh, I was kind of a social drinker. I like going to the pub after work and hanging out with, you know, the same buds. We'd all meet there at the same time. And that's kind of the lifestyle that I led up until I got married. And then uh, my wife came to me one day and says, you know, you're, you're going to lose your family if you don't quit drinking. And uh, that was the last day I ever drank up to this point.
1: So when you uh, got in a 12-step program, you probably started getting a different idea, maybe, about your relationship with God. Was that difficult be- or to no, change I, your ideas?
3: No, I, I'm very fortunate because one of the things that I realized is as I was going through recovery, I was getting just enough information to keep me uh, hungry, so to speak, and I was learning and I was eager to learn and soaking things up. And the more that I learned and the more that uh, I integrate. See, I'm very lucky. I, I, I incorporated uh, my spiritual life and my recovery life. I started getting more active in church the more as I got into recovery. So I had two two different venues to pursue uh, that are very, very similar. And so I was so fortunate that I didn't have to go uh, through a DUI or inpatient care or anything like that. I had two two great programs my spiritual program and and my 12 step recovery program uh, and a lot of support
1: right what were some of the spiritual principles when you got into aa that changed things for you
3: well i'm a i'm a firm believer in the in the 12 steps and i and i and I read the Bible a lot, and I and I could pull those twelve steps out of the right out of the Bible. So even though they don't call uh, AA a spiritual program, it's to me it's very, very, very uh, spiritual and very personal, and it's you know completely laced with with God, and that helped a lot because. Um, what I did is, as I was growing, I was learning more. And like I said before, I, w- I was soaking up information like a sponge, and I kept wanting more, and I and I developed this this thirst and this longing for uh, the life that that I that was intended for me, not the one that I chose to lead. And that was kind of the big the big turning point for me is that you know I'm I'm supposed to be here to glorify the Father, not the other way around. And I started realizing different different things and kind of getting bits and pieces as I went through. Uh, the recovery process and starting with step one. And that was the beauty of that program is that you start here and then you move on here and then you move on here and it just kind of lays it all out for you. And when you have a, uh, a church family uh, to rely on and people that uh, we call accountability partners that contact you daily, uh, just like a, a sponsor would in any kind of a program, pretty soon you get all these people around and you start surrounding yourself with all this love and all these people and all this prayer and you know before you know it things are happening in your life that are absolutely amazing and i'm a i'm a hindsight kind of a person i always look back and i can look i can look at where i am today and i can look back a week a month two months two years and i can look back and see the growth and the progress and the changes that have occurred and, and and see actually why they took place.
1: So you believe that the power of prayer really supported you in making those changes?
3: Well, the power of prayer didn't really hit me hard until um, I started going through the divorce process, and um, about almost a year ago, I started going through a separation and a divorce, and I had one of two ways that I could go. I knew it in my heart. I was either going to start drinking again, and and go down a, a terrible, terrible path, or I had the option to turn to God and turn. And, and Luckily, I had a lot of support. and And what it did is, going through the divorce strengthened my relationship with God because I needed Him, and I told Him that I needed Him, and He was there for me, and helped me in so many ways. I, I could go on for hours on the things that have occurred uh, that I know that were uh, God speaking directly to me or working in my life as a result of me asking for simple, simplest prayer ever. Father, help me, or God, help me, however you want to say it. And that's, that was where everything started.
1: What's one thing you could tell us about that you were clear that was God helping you in that process?
3: Well, for for a long period of time, uh, I prayed to God to work out my marriage because I know that uh, God, you know, wants to keep the family together and unified, and that's what, that's what I wanted to do. So I was very um, very um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I was very very much wanted to make keep my family together for my kids' sake and to be a strong husband and a, and a good father and and a good uh, Christ follower, a Christian man, and keep my family together. And those were my prayers. And am I upset at God for not answering my prayers? Absolutely not. Because, um, you know, I'm only one piece of the equation, and I can't speak for my my ex-wife, but I, I believe in hindsight that God was leading me down a path, and he kept me safe through all of this, because I could have easily gotten tripped up. And he kept me safe, and... And there was many moments that um, I knew that he was uh, talking directly to me. There were some that were so clear i could have i could have I could have sworn that he was standing right next to me, and that's how close I felt, and that's how powerful the the experiences were that I had and I had several uh, through that and it was exactly what I needed uh, when I needed it
1: right so when t- when was the time that you really felt that presence so strongly well,
3: the first time was when I was actually still married, and ironically, I was sitting in church, and I was it had nothing to do with the sermon or anything, but I don't know why, why he told me it at the time, but God, for some reason, it was very clear. He very, very clearly spoke to me, and, and I was zoning out in the service anyway for one reason or another, and God said, you know, Charles, you're a good man. I've always been there for you, and I will always be there for you, and... He said that to me and I wrote it down and I couldn't believe it. I didn't understand the meaning at the time because that was before I was even going through, before I even knew that I was going to be going through a separation and divorce. And then a couple months later, a very similar uh, message came to me in, in a different place. Just And it was so strong and powerful, I tried to discount it for several weeks. But then it, I just couldn't. Uh, I couldn't discount it that it was just my imagination or... You know it was that that ever powerful whisper of God uh, that was talking to me, but the most powerful experience that I had was um, there was something that that I was kind of that I ha- had in my home, and it was something that I needed to get rid of, and I didn't realize at the time it was not even even, even nothing even in my thoughts. But there was something in my home, and it was really weird. I I, I woke up one day and I said, "You know, I got to get rid of this this box, these items that are in my house. I don't want them here." And I went and threw them in the garbage. And as soon as I walked up to my driveway and stepped inside my house, um, I felt God's presence. And He said, "You know, Charles, I'm gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to take you down the next step." He said, "You're here, and I'm." And, and I'm going to show you the path that you need to walk. And it was so it was so eerie, it felt like he was standing in the kitchen with me. That's how powerful it was. And he told me that everything was going to be okay because the biggest thing for me was, uh, and I don't know if it's true of other people, but the, the hardest thing for me is giving up that control, is being able to say, you know what, I'm done doing things my way. I'm going to listen to... Uh, the words that are in the Bible. I'm going to listen to my peers that are in the church, my peers that are in in the program, and I'm going to not do things my way anymore. I'm going to do things the way God wants me to do. And at that point, that was a, a life changing experience for me because I was no longer trying to do everything that I wanted to do and do things my own way. And that's a really a really hard pill to swallow for uh, a man like me who. When they were drinking, the world revolved around me. My ego was so big, it couldn't fit through the door. I mean, those kind of things. And being able to completely turn my life and my will and and everything that I had and was over to my higher power was a huge, huge step. And as soon as I did it, the very moment that I did it, it, my life changed. I was calm, there was peace, I was happy. Um even in the even in even in the midst of a of a of a divorce that involved, you know, younger children I was I was I was okay. And and God reassured me that he that I was going to be okay and he was gonna be there to help me.
1: Charles, well, thank you so much. We gotta have to take a short break, but hold that thought. Oh. I wanna finish that when we come back. This is powerful okay. stuff you're sharing with us. So we'll be right back. We'll start with the Serenity Minute, which is a brief moment to focus on a constructive thought, and then Charles and I will keep talking about the power of conscious contact. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Our goal at Unity Online Radio is to continue expanding our spiritual programming and growing our listening audience. To help us become an ever-stronger voice in today's world, We ask for your support. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you.
2: Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word.
0: The present moment is the point of action in my life. My opportunity to create my bliss. There is no need to ruminate on the past or daydream about the future when I can do something constructive with the now. Taking advantage of the present moment is like waking up in the morning. I'm no longer in a dreamlike state. Instead, I'm fully awake and aware of what is before me. Why postpone the life I desire? Right here, And right now, I can begin creating it. That may mean making a business plan, enrolling in school, or moving a relationship to the next level. Whatever my dreams, I can advance them in the present moment. Guided and supported by God, I live my best life now.
2: Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word Digital Magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to
4: www.dailyword.com. Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Rev. Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, Exploring Unity's Classic Books. Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
2: You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery.
1: Welcome back to the Spirit of Recovery. We're really glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is the power of conscious contact. And my guest is Charles G. And Charles is in a program of recovery. He just celebrated his third anniversary. And he is committed to his relationship with his higher power. And prayer is a real important part of his life. So Charles has been sharing with us uh, how prayer has helped him Uh, get through a difficult time as he was getting a divorce and how uh, he really feels God's presence in very palpable ways. So before Charles and I keep talking about this topic, take a moment with me to join in a moment of contact with our higher power in the Serenity Minute. And I invite you to take a moment to relax and simply focus on a constructive thought to allow your mind and your heart to open and be refreshed by that power of the spirit that lives around us, within us, by whatever name we call it. So today I invite you to hear this constructive thought and help it let you relax. And here it is. Today I make conscious connection with my higher power. Today I open my mind and my heart and make conscious connection with my higher power. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. So now we're back with my guest, Charles G., and we're talking about the power of conscious contact. And right now is a great time to give us a call at 888 55UNITY. And that uh, number, again, is 888-55-UNITY. Or you can email us at spiritofrecovery at FM, And we will get the email here. We uh, will check the mail. And so if you have a comment or a question for Charles, we'd love to um, have that. And also we'd like to put your name in the drawing for our book that's donated to us by Hazelden Foundation. And the book today is Addictive Thinking. Um, understanding self-sabotage, and that's by Abraham Twersky. So give us a call or send us an email. So Charles, you were telling us uh, right before the break about some wonderful experiences that you were having with your higher power um, with God and talking about how you really felt surrendered and at peace even though you were going through a difficult time and a divorce, but you felt God really speaking to you and reassuring you. So... How is that that you think? How how is it that you think you feel so close to God? What is it that is this something you do, or I don't know? How does that work?
3: Well, one of the things, Anna, is that uh, my men's—I I joined a men's uh, Bible study group uh, a couple of years ago and became very—I I went kind of on a whim and really, really enjoyed it so much that I just kept on going, and that's been a big. A big part of my life even more so than going to you know say the church service the uh, getting together with 10 or 11 men and we're all bearing our souls to one another to me is a huge huge benefit Uh, it's very much like being in uh, in AA in my recovery program you get around and you get close and personal with the people that uh, that are there and for me, we did a Bible study. Um, when I first started doing it, when I started, and it was studying the life of David. And as we read First and Second Samuel, um, I realized that God doesn't expect us to be perfect. He knows that we're going to make mistakes. He knows we're going to slip up. But uh, and, and so, you know, me being who I am, I you know I make mistakes and I slip up here and there. And um, and then I realized, getting further into it, that you know it's not about so much uh, that we're gonna that we have to do everything right, or we're obligated to pray every day. You know, I, I I never wanted to be one of those people that says, "Oh, I gotta pray today." You know, it's one of those things I have to do. Um, these two things combined brought me to this to this revelation of God just wants to have a relationship with me. And and I want to have a relationship with him, and that's really what it boiled down to is is not not necessarily uh, being somebody who who lives their life by the Ten Commandments or takes Scripture and works it to their favor or proclaims to be um, this big churchy person. And I realized that really you boil it all down, and it's about a relationship, uh, just like you would have a relationship with a really close friend or a spouse. Uh, or a family member um, that 's how my relationship is with God. I talk to him every day because I want to I, I, and if i don 't i, I it 's one of those deals I kind of get a little antsy. I get a little irritated if i don 't if i haven 't taken time out and maintained that relationship. so it boiled all down to me to a relationship, a real plain and simple and a friend of mine told me one time at my men's group he says you know God just you, you talk to God like he's your friend like he's right there next to you like you're just going for a walk down the down the street or whatever and that's really uh, a good way to look at it it works for me anyway I'll put it that way because now um, you know instead of feeling like okay I have to be at, at home and sitting and without any distractions uh, it changed my pers- perspective to to be that you know I can be just Spending some time alone and having a conversation with God, and that's my relationship. That's how that works. And so that was really the uh, the key for me, uh, for me seeking out that 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 relationship because I needed it.
1: On the you have a a whiteboard on the wall right by where you walk out the door to go <laughs> to work every morning. Tell yeah. us about that.
3: Well, I, I put that whiteboard up um, when I was going through my divorce because I started off with uh, a simple prayer on there. It, it was, uh, Father, forgive blank, and you fill in the blank with whichever person. And it says, Help me to, um, oh, it says, Father, I forgive blank. Um, Please help me see them through your eyes and pray a blessing of righteousness, peace, and joy upon them. And of course, that blank that I filled in was was my my uh my ex wife and and her boyfriend and you know at first, I thought the prayer was for them, I really did, and I realized after a period of time that that prayer was really for me and anyway, that's how that whiteboard started out because I'd look at it every day and it would remind me to pray blessings over the people that I really didn't care for in my life at that time and then Then it started being um more of I can pray for anybody about that and then I started adding other things to it uh, surrender uh, things that I would pick up here and there uh, either through service or listening to the radio or um, different different things that I would want to be uh, tuned into I, I read the uh, John Eldridge book Wild at Heart and there was a lot of things in that book that I wanted to write down and remember that I could look at it's the same thing as writing a sticky note and putting it on your mirror something that you want to look at every day and I go through and I erase things, and then I add add new things, and then erase, you know over time. So it's kind of like an ongoing uh, process. And you know, one of the things I wrote on there is, "What am I afraid of?" I read something in the John Eldridge book about, you know, what are we afraid of? And you know, a whole bunch of things like that, just things to get, keep me thinking. And it's changing all the time. Uh, as I kind of process or go through one topic and then kind of pick up on another one. So it's, it's helped me a lot because it's something that I have to see every day and I look at it and it's always changing. So it's not like you, you walk by it and pretty soon you just tune it out because it's like a piece of furniture. You just keep walking by it so many times that you don't even notice it anymore. So that's why I always keep, keep adding, adding in and taking things away from it so that I'm, well, what's up there today? You know, kind of a thing. Or what did I write up there that I need to look at?
1: Do you believe that people grow through adversity?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think we've had a few discussions about that, and uh, I can guarantee you that for me and every experience that I've ever had with any with myself or any other human being is that's when the most growth occurs is during a period of adversity, and I'll tell you why I believe that. Because if, uh, say, say that when I was drinking... Um, You know, nothing bad ever happened. I never got a DUI. I never got in trouble at work. Uh, I never got in trouble with my spouse. I never, nothing really bad ever happened to me while I was drinking. Let's just say, for example, that nothing did. Why would I want to change that? Um, But instead, you know, I was faced with the prospect of losing, losing my children and also losing my marriage. Well, I did end up losing my marriage, but... At the time, I thought that was a disaster, but the blessing was, is it made me a better father because I was there 100% for my kids. I had the relationship with my children today because I don't drink. I would have never had that relationship had I maintained uh, drinking and there was no adversity. So, I'm a huge, huge and firm believer and strong advocate that through adversity is when growth occurs because we realize that, uh, something's not right in our life. And there's something bigger than me, and you need to reach out. Now, some people are, have a really hard time reaching out to others uh, for help, uh, whether it be their higher power, God, uh, or whether it be a friend or a family member. A lot of people have a hard time just, you know, I really need to talk to you. I got something that's on my mind, and I just have to talk to somebody about it. Uh, some people might be able to do it through counseling, but unfortunately i feel there's a lot of people that really have a hard time opening up in that way uh, for me it, it, it it's pretty easy and going through all this adversity and going through a um a divorce it made me reach out and it said man i got to talk to people i gotta i gotta get out there and and tell you know get connected so i don't become an introvert and in kind of implode and so all this adversity that happened with me recently has caused me to do a tremendous amount of growth. Because if everything was just going along, uh, on its normal routine, and there was no strife involved, um, I wouldn't have been put in a position where I where I had this hunger and this thirst for God, and and realized that I needed Him uh, to get me through this.
1: One of the things you say is uh, is that sometimes when you're in a bad situation and you're feeling Uncomfortable or unhappy with it, you. When things, I've heard you say is that you, you'll say to God, "I don't understand. Show me what I'm to learn."
3: Yeah, that's that's true because I have to be. You know, part of being a human being is we expect to understand everything. Uh, me personally, I, I expect to understand everything that's going on all the time, and. I've learned to believe that it's okay not to understand everything that's going on, and that was part of the, this letting go process from before. It's being able to um, just live life, ask God for, uh, to, for direction. You know, they're, they're not fancy prayers. They're simple, and God understands what our meaning is when, when we pray to him, even if we can't find the right words. And for me, it's like, you know, show me the next step. You know what? What will you have uh, me do today? And I believe that God will guide me and and tell me the things that I need to do. Do I help this person? Do I not help this person? He gives us just the right prompting or the right feeling in our in our in our heart uh, on what we're supposed to do. I believe that.
1: I know that before you and before you got into recovery, as you said earlier today, that you were in church a lot, but. Um, how did that work? How could you be a, a, a churchgoer and that be a, an important part of your life at that time, but you you were still um, active in the disease of alcoholism? I mean, when you'd sit there in church, what was it meaning anything to you, or what was going on for you with that?
3: Well, for me, that was... It's kind of hard to explain, but I'm going to do the best I can. For me, it was... Um, I would sit at the service, and I it was kind of uh, having having a mask on Sunday at church. You know, I was having the perfect life, and everything was perfect for me. And you know, as soon as I uh, left the parking lot, it was you know kind of a different lifestyle. Um, I acted differently and things like that for a long time, and it was more out of shame. It wasn't trying to be a big shot or anything. It was just out of shame. But fortunately for me, just by going to church at the time was planting seeds i I wanted to go i loved going and i never missed even though i was still actively drinking there was a reason for that there was a reason why that why that seed got planted why i ended up at at the church that was also the same meeting place as my recovery program when i was in uh, gamblers anonymous because i used to have a huge gambling addiction and uh, i was going to gamblers anonymous and i asked one of the uh one of the main people there that that chairs the meetings, and I said, "So what's this church like? Is it a you know is it a pretty good place to 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 go to and do service?" and And they were like, "Oh, yeah, you know you got to go see this pastor and listen to him, listen to him talk. So the next Sunday, I went to uh, the service, and it was Pastor Tim White, and um, I was completely captivated. Uh, the man had a way of speaking, a uh, very soft spoken, but very powerful, um, very down-to-earth man, and I was captivated. I was just, from that point on, I had to go. And even though I was still drinking, I was still getting the message. So it was that whole process was planting those seeds. I was hearing the things that I needed to hear, and at the time my attitude was, well, you know, there's no harm going to church. I'm going to take from it whatever I can and you know, my attitude was I'm going to take what I can and, and I'll gain something out of it, you know, I'll gain some kind of knowledge. And then the more I went, the more I started realizing that, that my life wasn't, it was, a, it was a long process, like a growth process, uh, like watching a child uh, having a baby and then they learn how to uh, crawl and then they learn how to walk and then they learn how to talk. And going, that, that was kind of like me going through church, and part of the the downs the, the hard part for me is that I've been going to church my whole life, but never really, I thought, I had an experience with a lot of people that went to church that were, um, a lot of hypocrisy, I would say. They, they're really, they're like the, the most honorable, best people you could ever run into on Sunday, but then you see them at the supermarket yelling at their children and being uh, not such a churchgoer, as you might think. And so that turned me off at an early age that people would do that. So I didn't take it very seriously. And, you know, going through that, that growth process, going from, you know, infancy, and, and I'd, I'd say now at this point where I'm at, I'm probably just a teenager at best. And I started realizing that we all have our, our, our own walk, and I am nobody's judge. And uh, I used to be able to judge anybody. (laughs) And I realized that the only person that I needed to be concerned about was me. And I learned about forgiveness. And I learned about humility. I learned about grace. Um, I learned to let people people be and, and don't be harsh and to be a kinder man. And the lessons just kept spilling onto me about what kind of person that God had intended me to be. And I lost my way. And I realized that as I started uh, getting more and more like the person that God had intended me to be, I felt a lot more comfortable. I felt a lot more peace. I really liked who I was. For many years, I looked in the mirror and I was disgusted with myself uh, because I was drinking or because I was... Uh, kind of a ladies man or whatever and I just didn't really didn't like what I saw and then this transition occurred and I looked in the mirror and I said you know what I may not be perfect but I'm trying really hard and I'm going to continue to try really hard and I'm going to slip up and I'm going to ask for forgiveness and I could look in that mirror and go you know what I love the person that I see in that mirror And, and not as an egotist but as I love the man that I'm becoming
1: Charles, that's great. We're going to take another break. You're really giving us some concrete good stuff today. So we'll be right back. Call in at 888-55-UNITY or email us with a comment or question. We'll be right back.
4: Do you sometimes feel as though the door to happiness has closed and there's no other door in sight? In her book, Ask Yourself This... Unity Minister Wendy Craig Purcell reminds us that
2: Everything happens for a reason. We've all experienced situations which felt like anything but good. We may have lost our job or gone through a divorce or experienced some other dark night of the soul. Yet those very experiences, when met spiritually, can lead us to a much greater good. The lost job, can be what finally motivates us to discover the work that truly feeds our soul. The ending of a marriage can trigger us to do the emotional healing and personal growth work we've been avoiding for years. Every one of us can look back at negative or painful experiences in our lives and say that they turned out to be the best, worst things that ever happened to us.
4: For more insight from Wendy Craig Purcell. Read Ask Yourself This from Unity House Books. If you're focused on getting the right answers, Ask Yourself This emphasizes the importance of asking the right questions. Order your copy today at www.unity.org.
1: Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily, or refuse to have it in your house, The Bible Alive! Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you, here on Unity FM, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you are seeking? Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev Ed Townley, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
2: You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery.
1: Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. We're glad that you're with us today. If you're just joining us, our topic is the power of conscious contact. We're talking about the 11th step and the power of prayer, and my guest is Charles G., and Charles is just celebrating his third anniversary in recovery, and he is very committed to his relationship with his higher power, and he is very much uh, uh, interested in the power of prayer, and he uses that in his life and um, has had many experiences with feeling God's presence and care for Him. And we'd love to hear from you at 888-55-UNITY. You can call us and for a comment or a question, um, or or you can email us at spiritofrecovery at FM. So Charles, before the break, you were telling us about uh, your experience in church before recovery and after recovery and how that how recovery changed that for you, how church, going to church even before you got into a 12-step program was planting a lot of seeds for you and how you have did learn and keep learning a lot of things about spiritual principles and the spiritual life that, that changed your life. You've also always had experiences in your life where you were aware of God taking care of you. Would you tell us about some of those?
3: Well, at the time I didn't know it and... Um, only when I started actually seeking that relationship with God did I realize uh, where he'd been working in my life in the past. And a lot of people have told me to keep journals on things. And so I started doing that actually fairly recently within the last five or six months. But as I look back in my life, there's been uh, several occasions where I I know for sure uh, that I should have been dead. And realizing that... I always knew that there is something out there for me. I have a purpose, I have a calling in life and, and I don't need to know what it is, but I know that God is going to use me or is using me somewhere. Uh that's very important. And and that I get a lot of uh satisfaction out of knowing that, that there's a purpose and there is a use for me. And uh again getting back to more and how I know that is because uh more recently, probably about About three years ago, I was was building a 16,000-square-foot house, and it was huge, and uh, there was 12 of us that were tipping up a wall, and we had uh, wall jacks and some safety gear and stuff there, and we started tipping up this wall and realized that it was uh, top-heavy, and the wall came crashing down, and it probably weighed about somewhere in the neighborhood of 6,000 pounds. It was huge, and it was soaking wet. And uh, it was literally about 42 feet across and probably about 30-some feet tall. And just before we started tipping the wall up, for some reason, just out of, I don't even know why I did it, but there was some uh, doubled-up two-by-eight blocks uh, that were about four feet long, and I kicked them underneath uh, the wall as we were starting to lift it up. And they just happened to be there, and I kicked them underneath there, and I couldn't tell you why. And I still didn't understand why until uh, years later. And so we started lifting up this wall, and this wall came crashing down. And the big problem was is that nine of the 12 men that were hoisting up this wall just took off and started running. Uh, and three of us that were like, what What? what happened? Where would everybody go? Well, we ended up getting crushed by this wall. And um, those blocks that I kicked onto the wall uh, probably saved my head from getting squished like a grape uh, on, onto the floor below. And, uh, there was a gentleman that was next to me and my head literally, um, landed right between, uh, uh, two, two wall studs and had my head been, uh, two or three inches to the left or to the right, I would have been smashed. My head would have been completely squished and... I walked away from it, and I was at work the next day. I was a little sore and banged up, but I, I was at work the next day, and and I didn't realize it at the time. But looking back, it wasn't my time yet, because I could have easily died in that accident, and no one no one would have thought it was a, a freakish thing, or it would have said, yeah, it was a construction accident, wall fell, I'm going to kill them. It wouldn't have raised a lot of eyebrows as to being some freakish accident. I don't know if I'm explaining myself correctly, but anyway, I could have easily have have, have been killed, right. and and it would just wasn't my time. And as I and as I got into recovery and started getting a, a, a closer relationship with God, I realized that there there is a purpose for me out there, and my time hasn't come yet to pass on uh, in, into the spiritual realm. And there was uh, several incidents that happened to me when I was younger, a really bad car accident where I actually was thrown from my vehicle. Um, after a car wreck that started going 80 miles an hour around a, uh, a, uh, around a corner and my car cartwheeled five times and I flew out a window that was rolled up and I walked away from that accident um, there was a surfing accident that I got into that I should have been killed I got uh, tide caught me and I was washed in front of a big cliff where the waves were crashing in. And it was the nastiest, gnarliest day you can imagine. And I could have easily been killed, drowned, smashed up against the rocks. I could have died any number of ways. And instead, I was rescued. and Looking back on all this, <laughs> it's, it's so comical because there's a purpose there for me, and it's like I keep putting myself in harm's way, and God says, no, 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 it's not your time yet. We kind of save them from this one too, and, and those are only just some of the things that I know about, let alone uh, situations that have probably been around me that I didn't know about. And so I just believe that there's a purpose for me, uh, and, and I don't have to know what it is. And it's just refreshing to know that there is something out there for me, that, I, that God's going to use me or is using me uh, to accomplish something, and it's not my time yet. And when it is my time, I believe that there's not a darn thing I can do about it. It'll, when it's my time, it'll be my time, and whenever that time comes, I'm ready. I really am. I'm not, I'm not, I can never thought I'd hear myself say this, but I'm really not afraid to die.
1: How does it affect the quality of your life? How does it make your life better to to feel that so strongly that you do have a purpose, even if you don't know what it is, but you feel it that you do?
3: Well, it, it's kind of a freedom. Um, I mean, not kind of. It, it is. It's very. It, it's a. It's a freeing feeling to me knowing that I'm not bound by anything. When it's my time, God will choose. Uh, when it's my time, and it's very refreshing and freeing to not. I, I've never never lived my life in fear. And it's so nice to know that um, when, when my time here is done, it's done. And I, I should be happy in that, knowing that uh, whatever my, uh, my mission was supposed to be here, that it was accomplished and it was time to, time to go. And it's freeing and it's also very, uh, it's awesome. It's an awesome feeling to be able to live that way, um, to not have those worries. And I'm very lucky uh, person that I haven't had a lot of uh, wor- things. I'm not a worrier, and I don't have to live uh, being afraid all the time, afraid if this is going to happen or if that is going to happen. And um, the other the other thing I was going to say on that is um, oh, I can't remember, but anyway, it, it'll come to me.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. I know that the that praise is an important part of your prayer life.
3: Oh, what, good one. How point. does that I'm, work? i'm glad you brought that up because uh for a long time it seemed like the only uh the only time I, re- I really got down and prayed is if uh if uh somebody that i knew uh wasn't doing well somebody was sick somebody had cancer a friend of a friend a family member uh, anybody that was in my life you know i would i would sit down and pray for that person and then i heard a joke one time where uh I don't know the exact joke, but the gist of it was: is the line for prayer uh, for this was really long, and the line for prayer was this uh, for was really long, and there was this other line that didn't have any people standing in it. And and uh, I guess the the guy asked uh, the angel that was with him, as the joke goes, you know, what's this uh, what's this desk for over here where there's nobody standing in line? Oh, that's the that's the line to do uh, to praise God for what He's been doing in your life, and. When I heard that joke, it really wasn't a joke to me at that point. It, I kind of thought about it and I thought, you know, how often do we really stop and thank God for all the good things that are going on instead of turning to him in a time of ter- turmoil? So I, I just wanted to make a, a conscious effort to um, thank God for the positive things in my life. And and I got a lot of that going through my divorce is that, you know, I'm sitting here just focused on this one negative aspect of my life, um, You know, dealing with my uh, my ex wife or soon to be ex wife, when I've got all these wonderful things going on all around me, I didn't see it because I was focused on this one negative thing. So it really led me to to thank God for the friendships that I had uh, going through that, Uh, having a a recovery program in AA and uh, having a church body that cared about me, that called me, that wanted to make sure that I was doing okay, having an understanding boss, having healthy children, being able to maintain and keep my home and not losing it or having to claim bankruptcy, Um, having you know, uh, my, my boss be very understanding about my situation and being flexible with my time. And, you know, the list went on and on and on. So I had all these things to be absolutely grateful for. Uh, the fact that I didn't go out and, and start drinking or, or pick up a drug habit or start gambling again, or any of the, any number of things that could have gone really, really bad. And it dawned on me that, that, you know, I got to thank God for all these blessings. And I'm Instead, I'm feeling sorry for myself, just, just literally wallowing in self-pity uh, because I feel so heartbroken inside from this failed marriage and realize that, anyway, to make a long story short, every day now, I thank God for something. And you don't have to thank God for, you know, 10 or 15 things every day if you just pick one thing. You know, God, thank you for the air I breathe today. Thank you for the food that's on my table. Thank you for the roof over my head. And just thank God every day for one thing. That's what I try to do. You don't have to try to make up for your whole life's uh, ungratefulness in in one swoop. So I just pick one thing and thank God for for that one thing every day. is
1: Charles, you never run run out of things?
3: I never run out of things to thank it for.
1: (laughs) That's good. Well, unfortunately, we're out of of time. So, Truly, thank you, Charles, for talking to us today. And you've done—you've uh, given us so many good examples and talked with us so honestly. And it's great; it's just great. And uh, appreciate you doing that for us. And uh, we know that you're blessed, and we know that everybody who's listening is blessed by everything that you've shared. And so, if nothing else, we know that's your purpose in life. And I'm sure there's lots more. <laughs> so, thanks again. And thanks to everybody for listening and being part of the Spirit of Recovery. Join us next Tuesday when our topic is the family afterwards, and my guest is Billy J. And Billy has celebrating almost forty years of membership in a family recovery twelve-step program, and she's got lots of wisdom to share with us about living with serenity as a family member, uh, where there is the disease of alcoholism, and where there also is sobriety so know that all of you that are listening that you're in my prayers that you are a blessing let your heart sing with joy this week bye bye
2: thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus PhD and her guests join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central 2 p.m. Pacific for down to earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org.
4: Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your host, Dale Worley, is alive with the Spirit of God each Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. With Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to.
0: According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened.
4: This meditative moment from Reverend Joan Gattuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. Feel undervalued, disconnected, or simply overwhelmed at work or in your business? Are you trying to attract what you need but are desperately worried about cash flow? What if the problems you're experiencing aren't problems at all, but warning signals, clues to redirect? What if those clues are being obscured by your blind spots, the things you can't see that are keeping you from accomplishing your goals? Find out how you can move step by step beyond your blind spots each week here with Karin Pettigrew, Wednesday mornings at 9 Central Time on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Are you searching for some levity and humor on your spiritual path? Then come join us for Unity Happy Hour with your hosts, Ogin and Jim. Each week, these ministerial students from Unity Institute and Seminary have spirited, humorous, and somewhat irreverent discussions about current events, family, culture, and really anything under the sun, set against a backdrop of spirituality and personal growth. So bring your authentic self and join us on Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world
3: do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life if you're unhappy with the status quo i can help my name is Elias Patras and i'm an intuitive motivator psychic medium and motivational speaker i know that feeling and on my podcast your inner voice i can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.